MSW Media. Thanks to Aura Frames for supporting the Daily Beans. Aura Frames makes Wi-Fi connected digital picture frames that beautifully showcase your photos and videos. To get $30 off the perfect holiday gift today, visit AuraFrames.com slash Daily Beans and use promo code Daily Beans. Hello and welcome to the Daily Beans for Wednesday, December 13th, 2023. Today, a huge win for Democrats in New York as the state Supreme Court allows Dems to redraw congressional maps. The FBI has arrested an internet porn personality for his role in the attack on the Capitol. Jack Smith continues to file pleadings in the D.C. coup case, upsetting Trump's lawyers who insist everything should be on hold while his immunity appeal is considered. German far-right extremists are charged with planning a coup. Biden warns Bibi Netanyahu that his government is losing support globally. Michael Cohen's attorney may be in a bit of hot water. And U.S. intelligence says Ukraine has cost the Russian army over 300,000 in ground troops. I'm your host, Allison Gill. Hey, everybody. Happy Wednesday. Uh, Today, Trump's response to his appeal in the D.C. case is due to the circuit court. We will always cover that for you on the Jack podcast, of course, with me and Andy McCabe, as well as Trump's lawyers erupting in anger after a filing on Tuesday that Jack Smith made in the D.C. case for a SEPA Section 6A hearing. Uh, So he's continuing to work despite Trump's lawyers feeling that everything has to stop while his appeal is considered. Now, they filed the motion to Judge Chutkin to stay everything, including pretrial filings and proceedings. She hasn't ruled on it yet, but they said in that motion, we're just going to go ahead and assume everything's on hold because it's all automatic. And whether they're right or not really isn't the issue here. I mean, why file a motion if everything's on hold? Why do you care what's being put forward on the docket by Jack Smith. It seems to me like it doesn't matter, uh, but we'll talk about that on Jack. And for those of you who listen to the Jack podcast on the regular, you probably are not surprised by the news that Jack Smith intends to enter Trump's phone location information into evidence, into trial. And he did that using that Twitter search warrant that we talked about on the show. And we'll discuss that new filing about expert testimony as well. Also, Shea Moss testified in her and her mother, Ruby Freeman's defamation case against Rudy Giuliani in D.C. today. And Judge Beryl Howell was not impressed with Rudy's comments to the press yesterday after the, the trial ended for the day yesterday because he went off and defamed the two election workers again. Pete and I will go over that on the next cleanup on L45, along with George Santos appearing in court today working out a potential plea deal with federal prosecutors. Uh, Dana will be back soon. Thank you for hanging in with me while she takes a well-earned break. I want to let you know we will have all brand new shows for you all throughout the holiday break. Um, For this show, Jack and Clean Up on L45, you won't go without. So I'm looking forward to that. We've got a lot of great content for you. And Michael Cohen's lawyer might be in a little bit of trouble before we get to the hot notes. In a ruling today, a judge considering Cohen's motion for early termination of supervised release pointed out that Cohen's lawyer, David Schwartz, cited three cases for, you know, to support his termination of supervised release. But it turns out those three cases don't exist. So I don't know if he used AI to generate this filing. 
But the the judge was like, we looked, my clerks looked, we contacted the Second Circuit, we contacted this other circuit. Nobody's ever heard of these cases. This one that you cited is in the middle of a ruling that has nothing to do with supervised release um, and termination of it. Uh, so he has ordered David Schwartz, that's Cohen's lawyer, to explain to the court why these three citations don't exist and to tell the court why he should not be sanctioned. And I'll keep an eye on that for you as well. Also, thanks for all the amazing messages about yesterday's show. It was a big day and I'm glad I could bring you the news about it. All right. We have a lot of news to get to today. So let's hit the hot notes. Hot notes. All right. First up from the Washington Post, the New York State Court of Appeals on Tuesday granted Democrats who control the state legislature a chance to approve a new set of congressional district lines for the state effectively throwing out a map that led several Republican victories in 2022 House races. The ruling could be very consequential in determining which party controls the House during the next Congress. In 2022, Republicans flipped four districts in New York, giving them a razor-thin majority in the House. Democrats need to win a net of five seats to win back the House next year. That's might change. Um, we know McCarthy's leaving. We know Bill Johnson's leaving. Uh, we don't know who else is leaving. Santos is gone. I think by spring, they might be down to a one-seat majority. We would need to flip a couple in that case to gain control back. Um, but, you know, we'll see. Those are also vacancies that could still go to Republicans. So, you know, to be safe. Um, but man, we're totally taking the House back in 2024. Evan Rothsmith, a Democratic consultant who is not working with any congressional candidate in New York, said Democrats received a painful education last year about redistricting. Quote, I think the lesson is to find a set of maps that can get through the process, because if you throw it to a special master, you have no idea what you're going to get. A Republican campaign strategist who spoke on the condition of anonymity because they were not authorized to publicly discuss the party's analysis of the races said the party had long anticipated tough re-election fights for its New York freshman members. But this person said Republicans believe Democrats do not have much room to heavily gerrymander the districts because the political climate for their party is so bad right now. Okay, Democrats who control the state legislature will nevertheless now have the upper hand in redrawing the state's congressional districts ahead of next year's elections. The decision by the seven-judge panel follows a two-year court battle over the fate of the New York map. As a result of a 2014 constitutional amendment, which was adopted by state voters, an independent commission was created to steer the New York congressional map-making process. But when the commission remained deadlocked in 2022, Democrats attempted to establish a map plan. Republicans subsequently took legal action and the Court of Appeals in 2022 struck down the Democratic plan. Instead, they appointed a neutral expert to draw a replacement map, and that's what was used in 2022. Democrats had argued to the Court of Appeals that the map used during the 2022 midterms created by the neutral expert was a short-term solution, and that the Independent Commission, which has voting rules that are based on party control of the state legislature, should ultimately be responsible for finishing its work and providing a plan to be approved by the legislature. Quote, the court's decision today is plainly wrong on the Constitution and the law. That's New York Republican Party Chair Ed Cox in a joint statement with Rep. Elise Stefanik, who chairs the House Republican Conference. Quote, New York Republicans will not give up the fight against gerrymandering and for free and fair elections. I can't even say that with a straight face. The people of New York deserve better than this. That's Cox and Stefanik's statement. The New York Democratic Party is gratified, which is a quote here, by the court's decision. That's according to a statement from party chairman Jay Jacobs. Quote, now we have the chance to see fairly drawn congressional maps in New York. That's all Democrats ever wanted, and we look forward to competing under the new lines this November. 
House Minority Leader Hakeem Jeffries said in a statement, the 2022 map drawn by an unelected out-of-town special master undercut the will of New York voters and that the Independent Commission can now start drawing fair maps. The decision in New York is the latest amid legal wrangling over redistricting across the country. The U.S. Supreme Court handed down decisions twice this year that ruled against Alabama's attempt to hold 2024 elections under new congressional maps judged to be unlawful and their attempt to diminish power of the state's black voters, most recently ruling in late September. The Supreme Court also will take up a case involving South Carolina's first congressional district next term after a three-judge panel struck down the boundaries in October 2022, finding that they were in violation of the 14th Amendment. In North Carolina, Black and Latina voters are seeking to strike down the state's congressional map drawn by Republican state lawmakers this fall. Like the cases in other states, the plaintiffs argue that the map unconstitutionally weakens the voting power of North Carolina's minority populations. Democrats are poised to lose as many as four House seats if the plan is kept in place. The Republican-controlled Georgia legislature this week gave its final approval to new congressional maps that dismantle a predominantly black minority district and provide a new court-ordered district with a black majority. The new map protects Republicans' political power in the state. But Democrats say the new map openly defies a federal judge's order, which instructed the state to redraw congressional and state legislative map lines after finding the state's existing maps violated the Voting Rights Act. So a lot of this going on. We've got to follow Mark Elias and Democracy Docket to keep on top of it. Also, next up, from the author of Sedition Hunters, Ryan Riley. This is for NBC. The FBI has arrested an internet pornography personality who went by the name God Hypnotic accusing him of storming the Capitol on January 6th. Paul Kaloya, I guess is how you pronounce that. He was arrested last week, according to court records, and faces four misdemeanor charges. An FBI affidavit features images of the man identified as Kaloya climbing through a broken window. His arrest was first reported by the Detroit News. Now, an FBI affidavit stated that the Bureau received a tip on January 12th of 2021, just a couple days after the insurrection, in which a witness related that an internet pornography personality had been bragging on Skype about participating in the January 6th attack. Quote, witness one further stated that as God Hypnotic was bragging about his involvement in the January 6th riots, another individual in the chat asked God Hypnotic why he went to the Capitol. At that point, witness one said that God Hypnotic backtracked and said he went to the Capitol for reporting purposes. Online sedition hunters uh, had been tracking Kaloya as well. They'd given him the nickname Right Wing Red Wing because they identified him in videos of January 6th wearing a Detroit Red Wings hat. The FBI also obtained video that said Kaloya filmed inside the Capitol on January 6th. The video had been saved by another witness who went to high school with Kaloya. (laughs) Quote, they came in with guns and shit like ARs and they have to face us down on the ground, he said in a video, according to the FBI. The FBI attempted to interview Kaloya at his home or Kaloya at his home in March of this year. And that's according to the filing. But when the officer knocked on the door, no one answered. Paul, an officer said after they knocked on the door. Yeah, a voice inside responded. But Kaloya refused to talk or open the door. He was there. Mm, Interesting. Yeah. (laughs) Next up from the post. The Supreme Court on Monday refused to take up a challenge to a state law in Washington designed to protect LGBTQ plus youths from conversion therapy, a decision that drew dissent from the three conservative justices. Well, three of them, I should say. There's six on there. 
More than 20 states and D.C. restrict mental health counseling that attempts to change a young person's gender identity or sexual orientation. A Christian marriage and family counselor who helps clients with gender identity told the court that the Washington law, which limits the practice of conversion therapy, censors his conversations with clients in violation of the First Amendment. The U.S. Court of Appeals for the Ninth Circuit upheld the law, which prohibits certain professional conduct, not speech. As is customary, the Supreme Court majority did not explain its decision Monday to leave the Ninth Circuit ruling in place. Three justices, Clarence Thomas, Sam Alito, and Brett Kavanaugh, said they would have taken the case. Next up in international news, from the BBC, German prosecutors have charged 27 suspected far-right extremists with planning a violent coup. The suspects are accused of membership in the fringe Reichsburger, or Citizens of the Reich movement. The members of the group strongly rejected state institutions and the free democratic constitutional order, according to the indictment. They are mostly associates of Heinrich XIII Prince Royce, a Reichsburger figurehead from an aristocratic family. The aristocrats. Prosecutors have charged the 27 people with planning to overthrow Germany's democratic political system. Concrete preparations were made for a coup beginning in the summer of 2021. Just, uh, what, six months after our coup. Summer of 2021. The plan was to seize power by invading the Bundestag, Germany's parliament, with a small group of armed personnel. Hmm. So their capital. The assault would be launched after receiving a signal, such as the death of Queen Elizabeth II. The alleged plotters had already determined how their new state would function after the coup. Prince Royce was planned to be head of state. On taking office, he would negotiate a peace treaty with the Allied powers, which won World War II. Prince Royce tried to meet the representatives of the Russian government to gain support for the coup. Uh, Brigitte malsak Vinkeman, who is the uh, then-member of the Bundestag for the far-right Alternative for Germany party, would have been made justice minister. Prosecutors say she granted access to parliamentary buildings to other co-conspirators. The would-be rebels are alleged to have attempted to recruit soldiers and police officers. Sounds familiar. The group had drawn up a list of enemies. Members were aware that their plans would result in people being killed, according to the indictment. Members were made to sign a declaration of secrecy, and violators would have been executed for high treason. The suspected plotters had access to about 380 firearms, about 148,000 rounds of ammunition. Some of the accused were arrested in federal police raids last December, according to the Office for the Protection of the Constitution, which is Germany's domestic intelligence agency. There are about 23,000 followers of the Reichsburger movement in the country. So we were able to investigate and jail our violent extremist coup plotters, Oath Keepers and Proud Boys, um, much faster than that. Uh, and our investigation into the leaders of the coup, Donald Trump at all, took about the same amount of time. Next up from NBC, President Joe Biden appeared Tuesday to offer his harshest criticism yet of the Israeli government since Hamas's terrorist attack on October 7th, saying that Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu has a tough decision to make. And that's a quote. Biden made the remarks at an off-camera campaign reception in Washington on Tuesday afternoon, suggesting Netanyahu's government is hindering a long-term solution. Mm -hmm. I think he has to change, he said. And with this government, the government in Israel is making it very difficult for him to move, he said. 
The president said that the far-right members of the Israeli government, like National Security Minister uh, Itamar Ben-Gavir, I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly, don't want a two-state solution with the Palestinians, and that changes must be made to this government. Biden warned that Israel is beginning to lose support in Europe and around the world because of its military offensive against Hamas in Gaza and the rising number of civilian deaths. The president reiterated that Israel can learn from the mistakes that the U.S. made after the 9-11 terrorist attacks. Now, of course, at the same time, Biden said Hamas must be held accountable for October 7th. And from Reuters, a declassified U.S. intelligence report assessed that the Ukraine war has cost Russia 315,000 dead and injured troops, or nearly 90% of the personnel it had when the war began. And that's according to a source familiar with the intelligence. The report also assessed that Moscow's losses in personnel and armored vehicles to Ukraine's military have set back Russia's military modernization by 18 years. The source spoke as Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky made a last-ditch plea to U.S. lawmakers on Capitol Hill to keep U.S. military aid flowing to Ukraine. This is the first meeting was behind closed doors with U.S. senators. Why would you not want to continue to fund this to the end? 90% of their military is obliterated. We have set back their military modernization by 18 years, and we have done it without putting a boot on the ground. I do not understand. Well, I do understand the rush. The ooh, see, I almost said the Russians blockade to this when I meant the Republicans. Kind of says it all. This source said the recently declassified U.S. intelligence report assessed that Russia began its full-scale invasion in Ukraine in February 2022 with 360,000. They've taken out 315,000. Wow. The source said that those losses are the reason Russia has been forced to loosen recruitment standards and draft convicts and older civilians to deploy in Ukraine. And Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky outlined his country's goals going into 2024 during remarks from the White House Tuesday. Quote, today, President Biden and I discussed how to increase our strengths for next year, he said, and noted three elements. First, Zelensky noted air defense and efforts to destroy Russian logistics on Ukraine's land. Quote, we aim to win the air battle, crushing Russian air dominance, he said, adding that, quote, who controls the skies controls the war's duration. Second, he said uh, that he met with an American defense company. He said he received advice on how to make Ukraine's defense industry work faster and more effectively. Quote, together, Ukraine and America can transform democracy's arsenal, he said. And third, Zelensky said he informed Biden that Ukraine has, quote, fulfilled all the recommendations from the European Commission in preparation to negotiate his country's ascension into the European Union. We have to fund Ukraine. Now, I know Biden uh, this week found a little bit of a stopgap measure called a drawdown for about 200 million in arms. And most of the money that goes to fund Ukraine actually funds the replenishment of our own stockpiles from what we've already given them. Republicans don't like to pay their bills. They want us to fail. They want us to be vulnerable. Look at Tuberville blocking all of the military promotions and keeping people off the Joint Chiefs of Staff. They want national security to be lowered. It's despicable. I, I don't know how else to put it. I mean, I didn't spend that long in the military, but 
you know, I spent a lot of time with the Vote Vets organization trying to get this funding secured. It just makes sense. We can do this with money instead of people. Why wouldn't we do that? Because if he, if Putin gets what he wants, he will march into NATO territory and we will be forced to put boots on the ground. The front lines of democracy globally are being fought in Ukraine right now. We can fund that. We can help them win. They're so close. To pull out now would be disastrous, not just for democracy, not just for Ukraine or democracy abroad, but democracy everywhere. Because we will have failed to keep our promise. And we, uh, you know what? I could go on. I'm preaching to the choir. We have a lot of good news to get to. Why don't we do that? Uh, everybody, if you have good news, please send it to us, dailybeanspod.com. Click on contact. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, we'll be right back after this quick break. Stick around. After these messages, we'll be right back. Hey, everybody, do you remember your first holiday memories? Your parents do, and they've probably saved countless photos as mementos over the years, maybe even some embarrassing ones. But imagine bringing these treasured moments back to life for them with an Aura digital frame. Renowned for its Wi-Fi connectivity and stunning high-resolution display, Aura frames make each photo look like an actual print with unlimited storage. Unlimited. Not only can you upload endless childhood Christmas photos, but your siblings, cousins, and friends can contribute too, all through Aura's user-friendly app from wherever they are in the world. It is a seamless way to share and relive those precious family moments. You just plug it in and let the memories unfold. Aura Frames has received accolades from Wirecutter and The Strategist, and Oprah, it's one of her favorite things, so you know it's the perfect gift for any of your loved ones this holiday season. My family has a large collection of holiday photos from throughout the years. Trust me, there is so much on my mom's side of the family. It is hard to keep track of, but they fit all beautifully in the unlimited space in the Aura Frame. Uh, I remember there's uh, photos of me making my first snowman and doing snow angels back when I lived in the snow, and then we wised up and moved out west, but right in the front yard of my childhood home, and I remember one of my own dad when he was just a little kid sitting at the holiday table. We can share all of these across our frames, no matter where my family is in the world, whenever we want to. So give the perfect holiday gift this year. Get $30 off the perfect holiday gift today. Visit AuraFrames.com slash Daily Beans and use promo code Daily Beans. These frames sell out quickly though. So get yours before they're gone. That's $30 off their best-selling frames by going to AuraFrames, A-U-R-A, F-R-A-M-E-S dot com slash daily beans and using the promo code daily beans. Terms and conditions apply. Everybody, welcome back. It's time for the good news. Who likes good news, everyone? Then good news, everyone. Good news, good news. Hey, if you have any good news, confessions, corrections, you want to play what the whatever, what the mutt, uh, opine on the bovine, what the hell's in that shell, beetlenamia, I guess I name beetles now, <laughs> any any animal you want to send, uh, we can guess, cat me if you can, what the heck wine, send it to us. Uh, if you have a shout out to a loved one, a shout out to yourself, or maybe a shout out to a small business in your area that could use the support right up leading up to the holidays or your small business. Let's know what you're making and creating. I love that stuff. Uh, your your theses and dissertation titles are incredible. Send those in to us. Whoopie stories, blanky stories, 
I love those stuffed animal stories, stuffies, love those baby pictures, holiday photos, photos of you screaming on Santa's lap. I have so many of those. <laughs> if you have any you want to share with us, please send awkward, awkward family photos, um, anything and everything. Send it all to us, dailybeanspod.com and click on contact. All right. First up from Titus, pronouns he and him. Hello. Long time. First time. There's a woman hockey league in Portland, Oregon, with teams named Bush Tits, Honkers, Boobies, and Hooter. Yes, they have merch. You can check them out here, pdxwomenshockey.com. These sound like excellent holiday gifts. We'll put a link in the show notes. I love when you drop women's soccer mentions on the pod. I am a giant Woso nerd, so I follow the National Women's Soccer League and the U.S. Women's National Team closely, so it's a little neat uh, additional treat amidst your able and hilarious unpacking of political fuckery. Thank you. Oh, pod pet taxes. My dog, Otto, who is 75% the best and 25% the worst, guess his, guess his breeds. Okay. Karen Terrier, Schnauzer, um, <laughs> his little face and a beard. I love his beard. Uh, Karen Terrier, Schnauzer, uh, how big is he? Chihuahua, maybe? All right, let's see. Chihuahua, Shih Tzu, Pug, and Miniature Pincher, and Yorkshire Terrier. Okay. Well, when you put those all together, it looks like a Karen Terrier <laughs> mixed with the Schnauzer. Such a cutie. 75% the best, 25% the worst. Thanks, Titus. Appreciate your, your photo there. And again, that is pdxwomenshockey.com, and they have merch. Next up, Rick, pronouns he and him. I wanted to share a very easy What the Mutt submission. This is Oliver, who was an unnamed stud dog at a puppy mill living outdoors his first three years in a small cage. He was rescued by Unleashed Love Pet Rescue here in Michigan. He then rescued us and now has a name and lives in luxury and will continue to do so for the rest of his life. He is the goodest boy and loves a good belly rub. Shout out to Beth for turning me onto the podcast. Hey, Beth, what's up? Happy holidays to you and your beans, queens. Thank you, Rick. And of course, um, I mean, what are we talking about here? Cavalier? King Charles? Do you know that this looks, I don't know if you know this, Rick, but this looks exactly like Pete Strzok's dog. If you ever get to, you know, if you're watching Pete Strzok on MSNBC, look on the little plaid couch in the background. If you look close enough, you'll see his little King Charles um, sitting there. He's a sweetie. Thank you very much for that. I, I, I hope it's a King Charles. Tell me if it's not. Maybe it's a Cocker Spaniel. No, come on. Don't second guess yourself, Gil. It's a Japanese beetle. All right, next up from Mercy, Louie, and Willie's human mom, she, her. It's a twofer, a whoopee story and good news. Oh, goody, I love whoopee stories. I left my childhood whoopee behind in Las Vegas. My great-grandmother had knitted it originally for my older brother, but when I came along, it was assigned to me. 40 plus years later, my whoopee was tattered, pieced back together, and had borne witness to all my life's ups and downs. I was nearly inconsolable upon my realization that it had not made it into my suitcase for the return trip home. I called the hotel many times, checked my suitcases many times, willing it to appear. I grieved the loss as if I'd lost a family member. But last year, for Christmas, my daughter crocheted me a replacement whoopee in the same colors, she stayed up until 5 a.m. on Christmas morning, finishing the blanket. I treasure her gift of love every day. Oh, good news. My first article on effectiveness of a suicide prevention 
Lethal Means training program for the general public was published this week in the Community Mental Health Journal. Excellent. This is a reminder that hope and help are available for those who are struggling with mental health challenges and substance use disorders this holiday season. You can talk to a free, confidential, trained crisis counselor by dialing 988, texting 988, or chatting online at 988lifeline.org slash chat. The link will be in the description. Thank you so much for that. For Pet Tax, I've included this picture of my fur babies. Look at them. Are those doodles and Wheatons or just doodles and a golden? I don't know. I'm just guessing. They didn't even ask me to guess and there's no breeds here listed. So I just, now I just spit it out whenever I see, whenever I see a dog. I have to tell you this funny story. I was walking with my best friend and my goddaughter. Goddaughter's two, three, something like just learning to talk. I don't know, kids talking two, three. Um, I, I have cats, but, um, she, her, she was really, really good at naming dog breeds. Like that was just one of the, like her mom would do colors and numbers and then dog breeds with her. Right. And so we're at the park one day and, and, uh, my friend has my goddaughter on her back in like the, one of the kid backpacks, you know? And she goes, she goes, she goes to my goddaughter points at this dog with this guy who's walking by with his dog on a leash and says, what kind of dog is that? What kind of dog is that? And the guy goes, it's a golden retriever. <laughs> and my friend's like, I was talking to the toddler. <laughs> oh, it always makes me laugh. All right. Next up, Lynn, pronoun she and her. Hello, AG. I am a relatively new listener to your MSW podcast. So now a Beans Jack patron subscriber. I live in Baltimore County, Maryland, and I'm really looking forward to the April meetup in DC. First as a proud union member, hell yeah, and someone who has spent her entire professional career working in the labor movement. I want to thank you for not reading any Washington Post stories on today's episode. I didn't know about the 24-hour strike until I was listening to NPR on my way to donate blood after work yesterday. If I had, I certainly wouldn't have opened the Post website yesterday to check the headlines and print the daily crossword. Second, when I got in my car to drive to work the other day, before I opened the day's beans, I heard a story on NPR about the motherfucking Attorney General of Texas, slimeball Ken Paxton's latest moves in the far right's forced birth crusade. Fuck him, I said aloud in the empty car. After listening to you read the tragic story of why the woman seeking an abortion, I'm even uh, more incensed. A little over 22 years ago, I was also carrying a trisomy 18 baby that me and my then husband had very much wanted as a sibling to our two-year-old daughter. We made the decision to terminate the pregnancy, and I had a second trimester abortion at 18 weeks. It was gut-wrenching, a decision, and I was heartbroken. But thankfully, I was able to make the decision without involving lawyers and judges and dickhead politicians like Ken Paxton. My heart goes out to the woman involved for what she's going through, both privately and thanks to SCOTUS overturning Roe, now very much in the public eye. Lynn, thank you for sharing that story. We need more of those stories out there. For my pod pet tax, I've attached pictures of Apache, a 10-year-old rescue I adopted in April, and one of Badger with my lovely daughter. Badger is seven, also a rescue that we've had since he was one. So as not to play favorites, I'm also sending a picture of my 21-year-old son with both dogs. Apache is a mix, but it's pretty obvious what his dominant breed is. 
When we got to Badger, they said he was a hound mix. Any ideas to the specificity of what mix he is? Let me know. That's very kind of you, by the way, uh, Lynn, to trust my opinion of your dog's breed. Maybe I'll bring my goddaughter in. She'll probably know. I want to share a misheard song lyric too. Post-pandemic, my son and I, we went out for Tex-Mex and since I'd had a couple of margaritas, he drove home. Being a Southern girl, I love Leonard Skinner. So he was playing Sweet Home Alabama and confessed to me that he thought the line was, does your conscience bother you? Um, He thought that was, does your cousin barbecue? (laughs) Does your cousin barbecue? I, I think both fit. Keep the good fight. Keep fighting the good fight. Thank you so much. Look at this pity. Oh, and look at that baby. So sweet. Oh, adorbs. You know, yeah, hound dog, German shepherd dog, maybe a little rotty. Unless I'm guessing the wrong dog, but that other one seems pretty pit bull to me. But beautiful. Good job. Well done. Lynn, thank you. Thank you for that submission. And thank you for sharing your story. It's so important that we tell our stories. I mean, I, you know, the whole thing that got me here, my whole life's work culminated in that Washington Post op-ed that helped change the Pentagon policy so that people could get leave out of state with no questions asked to get abortion care. That all started with me telling my story all those years ago. And telling your story helps other people feel like they're not alone. And when you, f- when you know you're not alone, you can't be gaslit anymore. You don't think you're crazy because they want to isolate you to make you, make you think that so that they can tell you what they want you to think. That's why our stories are so important. And, and feeling like we're not alone is so important. Knowledge is the enemy of anxiety. That's why I dive into the news and share it with you as much as I can. All right. Anyway, thank you for these wonderful pod pet uh, photos and the misheard song lyrics. Last up from anonymous pronoun she and her. Hey, Beans. I'm a relatively new listener, uh, though I followed Muller, she wrote on that former site for years. Thought you might get a chuckle out of this story. Remember back when those MAGA doofuses, doofi, (laughs) tried to block DC traffic? We live close enough to D.C. that when we saw them and were unfortunate enough to see their supporters out when it started, I was driving with my kids in the car and one kid asked me why there were so many police cars and people with signs on the overpass. I answered uh, reasonably, as reasonably as I could, saying something like, some silly people disagree with the government about vaccines. And my 10-year-old piped up and said, can I have permission to swear just this once? Out of sheer curiosity, I gave him the go-ahead and he said, They're just fucking stupid. (laughs) Out of the mouths of babes. Keep up the good work. Uh, Yeah, Anonymous. One time my goddaughter was in the backseat of the car. We're getting ready to leave. My best friend forgets to put on her seatbelt. So I say, hey, put on your seatbelt. And from the back, she's three. Of course, she can call out dog breeds, but, you know, she's three. She goes, yeah, mom, Jesus Christ. (laughs) So hard. (laughs) I know exactly where she got that potty mouth from. It's probably me. All right, cool. Uh, I was trying to abbreviate my swear words, but I would abbreviate the wrong words. So I would be like, WT fuck. And then I would uh, be, yeah, get in trouble. Um, But uh, anyway, good times. Shit kids say is one of my favorite submissions. If you have anything like that, send it to us. Pod pet picks. Anything you want to send to us at all, please do. I want to hear about it. Uh, Again, thank you so much for your support. 
And while Dana's gone, I appreciate you uh, letting me bring you the news. I'm honored to do it. It is, um, it's like my, it's like my, it's like my life's work now. This is what I do. And you're a huge part of that. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I will be back in your ears tomorrow. By the way, there's a new episode of clean up on aisle 45 out today. Check it out. Me and Pete struck. You're going to love it. Olivia Troy joins us. She testified before the Jim Jordan weaponization committee, that shit show. So we're going to talk to her about that. And um, we'll talk about all the other things, Trump that aren't Jack Smith. That's safe for the Jack podcast, which comes out on Sunday. And I will see you tomorrow on the beans until then. Please take care of yourselves. Take care of each other. Take care of the planet. Take care of your mental health. Take care of your family. Vote blue over Q and bring someone with you. I've been AG and them's the beans. The Daily Beans is written and executive produced by Allison Gill with additional research and reporting by Dana Goldberg. Sound design and editing is by Desiree McFarlane with art and web design by Joel Reeder with Moxie Design Studios. Music for The Daily Beans is written and performed by They Might Be Giants, and the show is a proud member of the MSW Media Network, a collection of creator-owned podcasts dedicated to news, politics, and justice. For more information, please visit mswmedia.com. MSW Media. Hi, this is John Cryer, and I am hosting a new seven-part true crime podcast called Lawyers, Guns, and Money that'll challenge everything you think you know about U.S. covert operations and presidential misconduct. From Jack Bryan, the director of American PSYOP, comes the incredible true story of John Mattis, a newly sworn-in Miami public defender in the 1980s who has found himself completely in over his head. I step off the plane, and there is a van with a couple guys with Uzis. And one of them in broken English said, welcome to Bogota, John. Mattis' first felony defendant has been arrested for having a machine gun and tells Mattis a dangerous secret. He was shipping arms into Central America on behalf of the CIA. As a first-time lawyer, I want to act like I know what I'm doing. But with the help of a Colombian drug smuggler... How much money the CIA raised by hitting up drug dealers? A lot of money, millions of dollars. An Alabama mercenary... They were prepared to die to the last man. I saw this in them. I saw the fire in their eyes. And they made me their war chief. And a newly elected senator, John Kerry. We are looking at allegations of drug running, gun smuggling, conspiracy to commit murder and murder itself. He'll fight to free his client. The judge said, show me in a courtroom how we were at war expose an illegal war being run by the White House. I mean, I wanted him involved, but I didn't want to be on record as doing it. And somehow stay alive in the process. I just escaped a kidnapping by the CIA in Costa Rica. This is Lawyers, Guns, and Money. So you have a man in Armani suit standing on the bow of a boat with a rocket launcher and says, if I lose sight of you, I will launch you will be vaporized. Available everywhere starting October 29th, or get it ad-free and early starting October 22nd at lawyersgunsandmoney.supercast.com. There you'll find bonus episodes along with exclusive content. Subscribe now.